Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Philly Pod. A Philadelphia sports podcast. Well, it is officially gut check time for the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles coming off of obviously the worst loss of this season, but I'd argue arguably the uh, worst loss of this entire Hurts Sirianni uh, era, honestly. I mean, I, I feel like maybe I could be wrong, but considering all the circumstances and everything that went into that game, it feels like that because the fan base is on edge right now heading into Dallas week, traveling mm-hmm. to Jerry's world where this team could lose back-to-back games, which is might be another first, I think, in the last two seasons, at least for Hertz and Sirianni. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots at stake right now, a lot of question marks. Um, but to me, I'm not here to point the finger at individuals. I'm looking at the collective unit at the end of the day, although... Honestly, I would love to forget be a fly on the wall. I would love to just be able to walk into wherever the entire defensive unit uh, hosts their meetings and just call out everybody in there. Uh, most notably, those guys in the secondary spending more time on Twitter, arguing with, with, with Seth Joyner and stuff like that. Like, come on, man. 32nd oh, ranked pass defense in the league. I'm not 29th, even going to 29th, 29th, 29th. All right. Might as well sense. be the worst. <laughs> Embarrassing. And I don't care. I know the linebacking group is absolutely abysmal. They addressed that. Well, tried to patch that up this week. Oh, you're, uh, taking, really... you're taking, rewind, rewind. You're taking Seth Joyner's side on that whole, on that, on that exchange. I am. You're, oh, wow. Oh, I didn't expect that. I was, I, what do I'm you mean? on slate. Well, I mean, I guess like you know, Slay now wasn't to blame necessarily, but like, nah, he only he was only targeted like three. To, he only allowed three catches for thirty-two yards in the game, so it's not like he was at fault. But I guess Slay, I think Slay was trying to defend the the because Seth Joyner was saying what the team didn't show up and and it was poor tackling or something like that, right? Yeah, or they were scared to tackle Debo, and Slay said it wasn't that like we were ready and this this and that um, didn't look I, like I, it. I can I can agree that that. Chatting, you know, chatting it up on Twitter shouldn't be at the top of your priorities at the moment. But I, yeah, that's what I'm I guess, saying. I guess I don't really have a side now, now that I'm that's why I sided with Seth Joyner because Slay took offense to it. Like th- this week, you need to be locked. Well, yeah, in. if somebody came to you, regardless of how you perform, somebody came to you and told you you sucked at your job this week, you would take offense to it, wouldn't you? Yeah. All right. Yeah, then. sure. So that's what he says. But, <laughs> so he took a like, yeah, yeah. And I'm not even yes. here to make excuses. Like obviously, there's this thing being thrown around, and it definitely has like. 
like weight to it that the Eagles played what like three games in the span of like how many days it was. It was mm-hmm. not very many days, and then the Niners are coming in pretty much on a mini bye week, and the Cowboys, by the way, have a mini bye week too. Mm-hmm. But uh, talk is cheap. It's time. It's time to get things right. Hey man, when you're the best team in the NFL at the time, as of as of right now, when you're the best team in the NFL, you're going to get every team's best. And the 49ers, they played. Was it a Thursday night? Was it a Thursday night game they played and came off a mini bye week? And then Dallas played last Thursday, right? And they're coming off a mini bye. I know 49ers yeah. had extended rest. I forget what the schedule was, essentially. But yes, embarrassing loss for the Eagles last week. Uh, I, th- I think the worst loss of the of the Sirianni Hurts era was uh, the the game. At MetLife a couple years ago, the Jalen Rager, uh, oh, like two yeah, drops and hurts through three picks. I was that that was probably the worst game of this era. But last week, this you know what last rivals week, it though. Yeah, last you know what last week might might have trumped it because all all that all that like all that was it's leading they up got to it. Punked at all home, the trash team, and you didn't you got punked before the game. You saw the clip of Bradbury getting pushed around, and nobody yeah, really like, came to on, his man. aid. And 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 AJ was kind of chatting up like like oh Debo don't mean nothing. Like you need to come in there with a like. With a with a with a killer mentality, you need to go in there and say we're gonna kill these guys. They've been talking crap on us all year, and the 49ers wanted it more. And they it was they were definitely emotionally charged, um and and um and uh, they came in and I can respect. I said it on Twitter, and, and some fans didn't like it, but I can respect the player talking you know talking the shit and and standing on it. And Debo certainly talked his shit and came in here and performed. Obviously, his seven touches and however many yards and three touchdowns he had. Uh, well over 100 yards he had in that game. So Debo was was motivated for this game. They downplayed it afterwards, like, nah, I hope nobody took offense to it. But uh, Debo came in here and and made his point known. And now the Eagles have to rebound from that, go into Jerry Roll, a place they have not won a game since 2017, with Dallas on currently a 14-game road winning streak. And it's it's it's, it's going to be an uphill battle going in there with Dak, with Dak Prescott on the, on the roll that he's on. Would you agree... And obviously, this isn't the uh, this isn't the priority. Obviously, for Jalen Hurts or the team, I think the the division is more at stake right now. The number one seed, obviously, all that's into play with Dallas 49ers. Even Detroit is in the mix for for all that now. But would you agree that the winner of this game? I don't consider Brock Purdy really an MVP candidate. I don't I don't buy into that narrative per se. But would you agree that this game, whoever wins this, is likely going to win the MVP award at, at the end of the day? Because Dak surpassed Hurts after last week. And I think this is going to be the game that a lot of voters are going to circle when they go ahead and make their choice for MVP for this for this season. Again, not that it matters. We know Hertz doesn't really care. The team certainly doesn't care. But uh, but uh, I think from an MVP voter perspective, I think this is the game they're going to be looking at when they go ahead and make their votes. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. Uh, I have not picking too Yak much. Merchant Brock Purdy. Definitely not Yak Merchant Brock Purdy. Yeah, he, so better he can not. he can get his get his. The, get his the award the loses list. all credibility if he wins. I mean, at exactly. this point, if it's not going to a quarterback, it needs to go to Tyree Kill or Christian McCaffrey, one of these you know non QBs or whatever. But yeah, I'd have to imagine even if Dak plays like not necessarily great and Dallas wins, I feel mm-hmm. like it helps his case big time. Uh, I'm not gonna say it would like end the MVP debate, but I certainly feel like it would make him almost a heavy favorite at that point, right? Because I guess uh, the Cowboys would then... Hold up. So if they beat us, they have the one seed? Well, we're top, we'll are we be tied for the top of the division. We'll both be we'll both be 10-3. Dallas is 9-3. Oh, so it, it makes things very interesting. Now, now the way that based on how the season ends, like if they have the same record, I think the Eagles, if they both end at 14-3 or end at the same record uh, base, you know, we have to figure into how the 49ers and, and the Lions... 
end their season. But if the Dallas and Eagles end with the same record and they have the best record, the Eagles will win the one seed based on uh, records against NFC teams, I believe. The Eagles win a lot of tiebreakers because of their dominance at the beginning of the season. Um, but you would rather, you know, have have firm control of that one seed. You and they had firm control last week. Yeah, I mean, you and, can literally put their... your foot down right here and just yeah, like you end could, it you could, much, you could, so. you could have ended it last week, but they chose not to do that. So now you got to do it in <laughs> now you got to do it in Jerry World and 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 against Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb, a guy who had damn near 200 yards the last time they played. But if they end with the same record, the Eagles went out on tiebreakers. You don't want it to come down to that. You would much rather <laughs> end it here to take firm command of that of that uh of that um um one seed especially atop of the division and go ahead and go into the lesser you know the seed the, the schedule softens up a little bit at the end of the year where it does not for Dallas Dallas is playing Buffalo and some of these other teams that the Eagles had to place so uh you want the Eagles to come out of this game uh with a with a stranglehold on that one seed and the and the division lead that is the ideal scenario in order for the Eagles to do that though <laughs> I know that there's a a a running debate on the internet right now about what the Eagles need to do offensively with the run the ball sign that was outside of the complex a few days ago. Some reporters feel as though the Eagles run the ball enough that the game script did not dictate for the Eagles to run the ball because it wasn't working. They were down, what have you. Uh, But I think that they're certainly going to make it a point to run the ball uh, in this game. We'll talk about some of that uh, in the key matchups here upcoming real quick. Welcome to the Philly Pod, guys. I almost went through this without the, without the whole introduction. I'm Victor Williams, joined by co-host Stephen Conrad Jr. Follow me on all social media platforms at the Philly Pod. Do the same for Stephen and Stephen Conrad Jr. on all social media platforms. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to leave those reviews, rate five stars. They all help with the exposure of the show. The show's performing really well lately. I want to thank you guys for keeping up with it throughout the season Steven in these two losses for the Eagles against the Jets running backs only had 14 rushing attempts against the 49ers running backs only had nine rushing attempts riddle me that those were the two losses are the games they did not run the ball before we dive too deep into it when you analyze this game and the and the game plan that Brian Johnson public enemy number one right now Brian Johnson needs to have against this Cowboys defense what kind of game plan would you recommend if you're in that if you're in that room if you're in the offensive meeting with Sirianni, Brian Johnson, some of the other coaches? What would you say? What would you circle and say? We need to do this on offense if we want to win this game. So normally I'm with the fan base when they start oh. pleading to bring back the run game, but you're really actually, against the grain today. You're really against the grain today. This is new. Well, I just have thought about it all week, mm-hmm. and I've paid very close attention to what's happened in these games and I looked at how this team we all saw how this team won football games last year and were dominant dominant beginning of this year and the beginning of this year uh if this team for example so you mentioned both losses this year if the Eagles convert at least on one of those red zone drives against the Niners to either go up 10 I mean honestly they should have been up 14 to 0 it's time we start holding this team to a higher standard they would have ran the ball more you have a 14 point lead so there's that uh the Jets game yeah, I could see why you'd want to run against that team. I think the Jets' run defense actually wasn't even ranked that highly, so I see that. But to me, the thing with this offense is they're starting games off slow, 
sure, maybe they could run the ball more. They do seem to abandon it too early, but I don't even necessarily think that's the biggest problem. I think they're way too complex in the passing game. I think Jalen Hurts isn't playing decisive anymore. He's overthinking everything. He's holding on to the ball, which is leading him to go back to old habits, like flushing himself out of the pocket. Uh, He wouldn't have to do that if he would just get rid of the ball and also the play design and mentality going into these games would be more simple. The first, I went back and watched this game. The first drive of the game, the very first play, he held onto the ball too long. He had Jack Stoll wide open and didn't go to him. He looked at him, didn't throw it, went to his check down, which led to an incomplete pass. Fast forward, opening drive, I think it was a third and seven or third and nine. And they run the simple play that they should have ran on first down, which was a rub route to A.J. Brown, and it picks up 38 yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work as simple and be as clean as that every single time, but that's got to be the mentality. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, when those guys are both targeted, forget like what I'm saying here about the pass game being way too complex. It usually leads to good things happening when those two are targeted. Oh, and by the way, Dallas Goddard's coming back. Everybody's life is easier when he's back. Yeah, I was so, going to say, I don't think I don't think Hurts trusts Jack Stahl. Like they don't they don't spend a lot of time in practice together and all that. I don't think that he really trusts him um, when he doesn't see Dallas Goddard out there. I think it muddles things up for Jalen Hurts mentally. Um, we haven't really had that third third pass catcher step up with Goddard out. It's been AJ and Smitty, and once they kind of get focused on Hurts, doesn't really know what to do after that. We thought Swift was going to open up more in the passing game. Uh, you were expecting stall. We were expecting to see some of Julio Jones utilized a little bit more. Quez came off IR. We haven't seen much of him. Uh, it's really been a tough go without Dallas Goddard. And you're right. I think his addition uh, in this game will 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 serve him well from a mental standpoint, at least. Because Hertz looks like he he. If you look at the film, it sounds like you you took a good look at it. Stall was open on three or four different occasions in this game, and Hertz just either looked at him and didn't want to do it, or or went elsewhere. And and that's a big trust issue that Jalen Hurts has with him at the moment that Goddard should alleviate a little bit here in this game on Sunday night. Yeah, um, I'm just he even it even seems he's like that. It's it seems it's been that way all season with uh, DeAndre Swift, too, by the way. It seems like he kind of waits to pull the trigger sometimes. And there's just he's like a, he is the very last option, DeAndre Swift in his progressions. When Jalen Hurts is looking at options, like he'll, he'll run the ball before he throws the Swift. And, and if he's engulfed in the pocket, he'll be like, I guess I'll, I'll check it down. But I, checking down is you, the very, okay very last that? option. No, I mean, no, I'm not. I take what the defense gives you. Swift is and, usually and a check opinion. down option. That's fine. But like, even when he does elect to go to him, like, I mean, go back to the uh, Tampa Bay game. There was like a miscommunication there. So there's just, I mean, it's a first year player. Obviously, there's a lack of chemistry between the two. It's not going to be comparable to the other guys that have been here. So I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, Swift just six carries for 13 yards against the 49ers. Again, game script had a lot to do with it. The game got away for them. They had to throw the ball. Jalen Hurts got hurt <laughs> for that for that little bit, and Mariota had to come in for five snaps. That was kind of scary. Um, but to your point, you mentioned Jalen Hurts holding the ball on too long. Jalen, because of that, Jalen Hurts is the most pressured QB in the NFL, and a handful of those throws is because of his own doing. A lot of those throws he's holding on to for six or more seconds. You got to get rid of the ball. I know you wanna you wanna be you wanna make magic and you wanna extend plays and you gotta live to see another down though. And if you're not throwing the ball away and you're taking losses on sacks, that you're basically throwing away downs on offense and you have to do what you can, like I said, to live to see another down and try to get positive yardage or or, or just throw the ball away and, and, and try again on second or third down. But you cannot hold the ball too long. Jalen Hurts has done that a lot this season. You mentioned that 
and he has to get back to making quick decisions again without Dallas Goddard. It's been tougher for him, but you got to get back to making quicker decisions. Hit AJ in stride on these slant routes. Get these quick out routes going to Smitty. And take take a page out of the 49ers notebook. You have yeah, to I mean, let you them saw get a lot of that last catch. game. They used Smith. Like, that's the thing. Like, even with A.J. Brown, a lot of people think of him as, like, this go-ball guy, this physical receiver. Some people are calling him slant guy now, by the way, which is what, crazy What did I me. say last game? What did I say last game? A lot of a lot of the throws to AJ are downfield. Like you can you can hit him short and let him create yards after catch. Take a page out of the 49ers notebook. And I let actually these players don't get yards love him catch. in the screen game. Actually, no, not the I screen game. No thanks. Yak no ability, thanks. but I noticed with him, since he's a bigger guy, he has great speed for his size. He's better off with the slants and everything like that because you can get him going. You know what I'm saying? You can get him going. If you're throwing him a screen pass, he has to accelerate Devontae's great at it because he his acceleration is unbelievable like and the way also he can just pick up speed and also aj's not waiting for blocks like he's just gonna run <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna yeah, run it's through not people. a good he's not gonna wait for blocks so. even yeah. goddard uh is better in the screen game but he's mm-hmm. he's just an interesting he's almost like a combination of maybe it's a bad comparison i don't know he's just a, he's a different he's a different beast at the very I least think, if you can get goddard going like in the screen game it opens up everything the threat of that you know yeah, and Goddard, not even from a from a pass catching standpoint. If you can just you know run up the seam and clear things out for AJ and, and Smitty and even Quez or whoever else is going to be out there, I think you failed just to a, mention something in my opinion. I'll actually oh, finish man. your point. Um, but yeah, but him just being in the offense and clearing things up and uh, being a decoy, whatever the case is, the threat of him as a pass catcher and even as a blocker because the run yep. game has kind of suffered since since Dallas Goddard has been out as well. Uh, him him being in the offense and being in the lineup is going to force defenses to adjust. Without Goddard, nobody's nobody in the league is scared of Jack Stahl. I don't think any off I don't think any defensive coordinator is game planning and being like Jack Stahl, we gotta gotta take him out the game. Yeah. So now that Goddard is back, that's definitely going to serve as a, as another matchup that defensive coordinators are going to have to pay attention to. I agree. Um obviously we just highlighted the skill position players on offense and even the coaching slash approach. I think something that's being totally underlooked is this offensive line is not as Mm-mm. good as they were built to be can we just call it how it is they got absolutely pushed around in that Niners game and look I love all these guys but minus lane minus lane saw it. lane bitch Nick the, uh, Bosa. so lane did that? his part I said minus lane lane bitch Nick Bosa so he did his part I agree but they still got like like there's a lot that's tracked you know, when it comes to pass rushers, there's there's pressures. What is there? There's hurries, obviously. There's sacks. Hurries, there's pressures, hits. sacks, QB hits. Uh, but at the end, and and Jalen kind of contributed a little bit to it, just like leaving the pocket. But at the end of the day, he looked uncomfortable. So you got to give them credit. Uh, that defensive line did enough to make them uncomfortable. That's why this dude's talking about us, by the way, Bosa. Who do you guys yeah. play this weekend? Worry about your opponent. Just cringe. I don't even know who they play this weekend. Is it Seattle? Yeah, I don't either. It's probably Seattle, Seattle again. Yeah, Seattle, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the the and maybe this is why the 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 quick throws, the quick hitters in the passing game uh just opens everything up cuz like I said, this offensive line is lacking I don't know what it is push I don't know if they're the you know the age is getting to them maybe it's a rhythm thing you know uh but that's why if you can get back to the like this the the, the Eagles offense is supposed to punish you at the end of the day we're supposed to beat you up running and passing by the way and the way to do that is how we just highlighted over the last like five or ten minutes get back to it, it just go back and watch all the games last year 
obviously the Eagles are always have always been this this era of football, the Hurts Sirianni era, have been damn near a 50-50 run to pass balance. But it doesn't mean that it's always like that. It doesn't mean every drive is going to be a 50-50 drive. A lot of times they come they like if you watch the games that they win, which is a lot of games, they come out passing the ball. It's damn near like 80-20 ratio, but the, it gets balanced out because they're just running the clock they sure controlling did. the they game. Sure did you got all these, they had three got all these QB plays. sneaks. You see what I'm saying? So like we we you gotta think deeper about this stuff. It's not it can't just be a fifty fifty thing every single drive. Like it's it's uh it's a physical game of football. Play your beat beat them up. We got more skill than you. Most teams in the league, like that's how they're gonna have to go get, get back to scoring in the first half of games, which is crazy because that's all they did last year. It was a rare occurrence last year. I feel like if the team didn't hover around twenty points in the first half, and now mm-hmm. we can't even get over six or seven points. It's 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 a rough go, and that brings me to to this point with Brian Johnson because we all miss Shane Steichen, and we said it all off season long that the Eagles are going to miss his creative play calling, and not just the plays themselves, but the timing of it. He knew what to call, when to call it, and he was really good about designing the offense. Brian Johnson this past week said that we are to. <laughs> they asked him about running the football, and Brian Johnson said that we're it's all about feeling out the game. Brian Johnson. If we are feeling out games in week 13, we don't feel out games. We dictate games. You go in there and you impose your will and you make teams adjust to you. You don't go in there and see how the 49ers are playing and then play their way and adjust to their way. You go in there and dictate the game yourself. I, 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 when I saw that quote from Brian Johnson, I, don't, I understand first-year offensive coordinator hasn't done it in the NFL yet. But, my God, you need to, you need to <laughs> come in here and figure it out because I wasn't happy when I had saw that. His quote verbatim, Brian Johnson was asked about incorporating the run game more after Swift, Gainwell, and Boston Scott combined for nine carries for 20 rushing yards against the 49ers. Brian Johnson's response, part of it is finding that balance of patience, its feel of how the game is going. Brian, why are we feeling out a game in week 13 in December? Why are we feeling out games in December, Brian Johnson? Go in there, impose your will, make teams adjust to you. This is I was ridiculous when I heard that. I'm getting angry because I was angry when I initially read that. And Brian Johnson, you need to go in there and say, we're going to play this way, and they're going to have to adjust, not vice versa. We are the Philadelphia freaking Eagles. We're not We're not coming in here and, oh, how are the 49ers going to play? Oh, my God, they're doing this, so let's do this. No, you play your style. You've been doing it all year. Why stop now because it's the 49ers? And you're certainly not going to be able to do that against Dallas because you know what they're going to do. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to look for CD because he had 11 catches for 191 yards last time. They're going to look for Jake Ferguson, who had 91 yards and a touchdown last game. And they're going to lean on Dak Prescott in that in that passing game. And we'll talk about the matchups on the flip side of the ball uh, in a few here. But they need to, to figure it out because Deron Bland, although he has eight picks this year, six of them are pick sixes. Teams are starting to pick on him. DK Metcalf, three catches, 108 yards, and two touchdowns in that game a few weeks ago. And A.J. Brown had eight catches for 144 yards last week. And Smitty had a touchdown on Deron Bland when they had played. So. He is definitely, yes, and, and, and cooked them at, at that. So there are definitely ways to attack this Dallas defense, and it's going to be up to Brian Johnson and, and Jalen Hurts because it's going to be a mesh of both of them, and Sirianni, who's also heavily involved in the game plan. You're going to have to 
put their heads together and figure out how can we rectify this offense because what we're doing now isn't working and now is not the time to test new things and try to figure things out. It is December. We are getting into December football and that carries over into the postseason. And if you want that number one seed and you want to lock up home field advantage to make sure that the playoffs come through Philadelphia, you need to adjust and it starts this weekend when you look for your first win in five years at at and Stadium. You cannot lose this game if you are the Philadelphia Eagles. You just cannot. Two back, two losses in a row against Dallas, and you're giving Dallas all this momentum. This this is not good if you lose this game. Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts, figure it out, please God, do not lose. <laughs> I can't. I I won't deal with it. 49ers lost. I was like, okay, like this sucks. We got our shit busted, but like we we the Eagles had it coming in a way. They've been flirting with it all year long. They've been flirting with these mistakes. We knew it was going to come and bite them eventually. It bit them last week. We're going to see how they respond. AJ Brown said, just watch and see how we respond. I pray to God that 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 they haven't figured out because it's D- Dallas is Dallas is rolling. Dallas is rolling in. You you suffer a loss there in Dallas, it's not gonna be fun the rest of the season. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to win out and expect help from other teams and you wanna be in that position. You wanna control your own destiny for that one seat. That was yeah. a rant, sorry. Now that no, I'm No no no, you're good. There's <laughs> a lot to pick a lot to pick from there. Uh one that you started off by highlighting Brian Johnson saying that they go into games feeling it out. Feeling to it me, out. What are we you know doing, Brian? Sounds, feeling it out, bro? <laughs> you God. know, to, to me, what that sounds like is uh, we're overthinking. And yeah. honestly, the coaching exactly. staff, everything, exactly. they're just overthinking. Jalen's overthinking. You can literally see it. If he's not, I don't care that he doesn't trust Jack Stahl. God damn he it. Hasn't, he hasn't NFL, looked decisive in a couple of weeks now, Jalen. If a player is in the NFL and he's wide open, you throw the ball. I don't <laughs> yes. care who it is. It's the NFL. We're overthinking stuff. We are overthinking. And 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 I do not want to give this defense any passes because I am beyond disgusted with them. Beyond disgusted. Everybody, everybody, even the defensive line. They are not as good as they were last year, and we have a bunch of good young players, but they're just not as good. They're not getting, they're not getting the pass rush that they had last year. They led the NFL in sacks last year, and we're just not seeing it. And it, it's at the end of the day, if Slay and Bradbury in the secondary were as good as they were last year, that would have been fantastic. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to up front on both sides of the ball. Believe it or not, yes, they need to be better in the secondary. Yes, the offense needs to simplify things, but we got to. Pl- we have the two. We're supposed to have the two best units in football. The trenches on both sides of the ball. It, it mm-hmm. needs to start there. Yeah, uh, they they. It's it's it's. it's oh, sorry. I, I I uh. What what I was saying is, I believe it or not, I I don't mean to give the defense a pass, but uh, I do think the offense starting off this slow and stalling is hurting the defense. It can only hurt the defense. Like if if the defense could trot onto the field with the confidence, knowing that their team is leading the game, I think it would change a lot. You know what I'm doing? If I'm Sirianni and I win this coin toss, I'm taking the ball. Forget this deferring yeah, God stuff. Damn it, Forget dude. Set like, the tone. I'm so like, sick set of this the, You need to set the tone. We're not doing this deferring. Give us the ball after half. No, go out there and, and score let them first. walk right up the field on us in, in Jerry's world and that defense. I know these guys are nervous. They all look nervous going onto the field all the time. Why do you think Slay and all these guys are clapping back on Twitter? They are nervous. They are insecure. scared. Insecure. They play back in zone defense. They're scared, man. I'm so sick of it. Bradbury stood on his own. He wasn't even targeted, so Bradbury did his job in that one. I yeah, just I wish somebody would have stood up for him a little bit, you know, because they, they they were shoving yeah, just, him around. It was it was it was definitely hey, not at a least great, uh, I a knew great I liked Jalen Carter, man. He he was crying. People can say what you want about <laughs> he him. Called but he people cared. broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna clap back on Twitter, that's how you do it, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, you can stuff. go out there and get your ass cooked, and Good then stuff. clap back at Seth Joyner. He called. He questioned your manhood. <laughs> 
Yeah, he did. That's why I was like, I don't know, I don't know about all that, but it is. No, it he is. has every right to because if they go okay, out there right, and I, get their asses kicked again, I hear we got you. lucky yes, to yeah. beat Dallas. Yeah, if it happens, if it happens this time. week, I'll side with Seth Joyner if it happens this week too. If they don't, because I they, not for nothing, the Eagles usually respond. They don't lose back to back games, and I, and so we'll see. Well, as Jalen said this week, this is my favorite thing he said all week, and mm-hmm. I think it's because he is. This is what I love about him. He's such a good leader. You can mm-hmm. tell he's pissed off, obviously, with himself and the offense, mm-hmm. but he's got to be disgusted with the entire locker room as a whole. Somebody asked him about this exact scenario, and you know what he said? Mm. We'll see. <laughs> I love like that. It. Instead he's of saying, like, oh, we'll be ready, you know, this is what we are, he said, we'll see. I like we'll that. I, I like it. I do. We'll figure it out. Sirianni, get the ball first. Walk up the field. I swear, If I have to watch Jalen and the offense walk out there down 7 nothing before they even touch the field, it is not going to be good. Let AJ... Uh, beat up on Deron Bland and uh, and we'll be and we'll be okay. My God, give Swift the ball. I understand game scripts and and the whole bit, but you got to give Swift twenty touches a game somehow through the air. Just hand hit it the off. Open guy, man. What the just fuck hit are the we open guy. About? Goddard being back should at least help. That everybody out. wants the ball. Everybody wants a certain guy to get the ball more. I just want to score points. Whoever's yeah. open, get the ball and catch it. Move move the chains. Simplify the offense. It's pretty simple, man. I don't hey, know. I think the Eagles would have trusted Zach Ertz a little more than, than Jack Stahl in those situations, do you think? Who's still available, by the way. I was going to save that for the end of the show, but we came around on it. Zach Ertz, I don't know if you heard uh, Dallas Goddard when they asked him about him, but he said it's uh, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. I don't think – I don't think – I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show, so my apologies if this is redundant, but I don't think they were on good terms with, when, when Zach Ertz left Philadelphia. Goddard, I'm saying. I think Goddard – and Goddard basically – after Ertz left, Goddard came out and said, I knew I was the best tight end in the room from the minute I got here. Like, basically said, like, I knew I was better than Zach Ertz. Like, I respected him, and I let him do his thing. But I, I knew from day one I was the best tight end in this room. And that's the mentality you need to have in the NFL if you want to succeed. Um, Isn't so I don't it know. crazy to look back and think we had literally two – What did, we used to call them top five tight ends. Is that what we said? At the – at the at the t- well, Two Goddard top wasn't top five ends. at the time. Maybe maybe top ten. Goddard it's just wasn't nuts top to five think at the about. time. But you had Ertz, who's yeah. But like I said, Ertz is waning now. There's a reason he's still out there. It's been a few days now, and the Ravens came out and said we. If the Ravens like Isaiah likely better than Zach Ertz, then I think that tells you how the league perceives Zach Ertz right now. So we'll see how all that how all that uh, shakes out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Defensively. Steven, there's, there's, as I was taking notes for the show, I was like, man, this is all defense because we know how atrocious yep. their passing defense has been. We mentioned it at the beginning of the show. 29th, they're allowing 260 yards per game through the air. Surprisingly, Cleveland is first in the league in pass defense. I had no idea that was the case. We're praying that these linebackers got pieced up 
for 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 light of a better turn they got they got mm. wrecked in that 49ers game nicholas moreau christian ellis who's not even on the team anymore christian ellis was waived for the addition of shaq leonard who we'll talk about in a second here brock purdy went eight for 11 passing for 208 yards two touchdowns zero interceptions when they targeted those tight ends of the 49ers 314 passing yards the eagles uh, I'm sorry, of the 49ers, 314 passing yards versus the Eagles, 213 of those yards came after the catch. Yak killed these teams. There was plenty, plenty of plays where 49ers just ran through people. Eli Ricks got tossed aside by Jawan Jennings. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Moreau straight got ran through by Debo. Like, this is this is horrendous stuff. And they bring in Shaq Leonard, who, again, isn't the player he once was, but they're praying that he can come in and provide some sort of, sort of stability over the middle of that defense. And, uh, you know, obviously TJ Edwards wasn't the party in the offseason. I think he always wanted to go to Chicago, but he would have been really nice to keep in the offseason. He's only making, what, $6 million a year. He would have been really nice to have. The Eagles were banking on N'Kobe Dean to kind of be that guy, but he's been IR now for the second time. So he hasn't been the starter that the Eagles had hoped for, which is why we're bringing in outside resources in week 14 <laughs> of the NFL. Shaq Leonard this season when he's played in pass coverage, he's played in nine games, 22 targets, 14 receptions allowed, 129 yards allowed, 106 of those were yards after the catch, a 94.7 passer rating when targeted. Nicholas Moreau allowed, you know, 175 yards after the catch in this game alone. So I guess we'll take it with Shaq Leonard. We'll take what we can get. Hopefully he can come in and 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 do some things for this defense. But he just got here. I don't know how much the Eagles are going to expect from him. But we need we need something out of these linebackers. One year, we had good linebacker play for one year with Kaiser and TJ. And we were like, yes, finally, the days of Alex Singleton, who isn't playing terribly this year, the days of Nathan we Gary, got to the, Super the Bowl, days man. of Eric Wilson. These days are over with. We And then we got to the Super Bowl. Howie said, you know what? We can get by with a secondary and a Even pass rush. Even in 2017, rush. we had like better than advertised linebacker play, I feel like. I think Howie said we got to the Super Bowl. If, as long as we retain the secondary and we have a monster pass rush, the linebackers can hold up, is what Howie thought. That has not been the case this season, and expect Dallas to target the middle of the field. Again, CD, slot yeah. god. He's, you call A.J. Brown slot merchant, man. CD is the guy they play damn near primarily in the slot, and look for Dak to do that again. Shaq Leonard, I hope you I hope you <laughs> ate your Wheaties or whatever you need to do to get ready for this, but it's going to be a hell of a game against the team that you were debating on going to, the team that was also vying for your services. Now you come to Philly, and I think that Dak might target Shaq over the middle a little bit and, and give him a taste of what's coming. I, I, I well, expectations for Shaq Leonard. Over, yeah, well, I mean, every anything's an upgrade. The ghost, the ghost of I'd bring in Jeremiah Trotter and his current age, and that's an upgrade over over what we have currently. I do think there's something to be said though about the change of scenery. Obviously, the Colts are way different than us. Uh, we have Super Bowl aspirations. I feel like we do. Would you say, yeah, we have more talent on defense than they do? Uh, I feel like the Colts. I don't know what happened to their defense. They they just that was supposed to be like the uh, strength of the team over the last few years. I'm not really sure what happened yeah. to it. Might be decent now. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, it's the first literally less than a week for him to just hop in here and play in this big of a game. But yeah, I mean, I'm just banking on the change of scenery. I'm hoping that the culture can bring the best out of him. Like who knows, man? Um, I don't think it's different with the linebacker position versus like I'm trying to think I guess last year the late season acquisitions were both 
uh, tackles, right? It was Ndamukong Linval, and Ndamukong Linval Joseph, yeah, right? yeah, Kevin Byard this year, still not looking fantastic. Early season-ish, <laughs> yeah. I guess, but... Yeah, it's just Kevin different. Byard was at, Kevin Byard was at the deadline. Well, I guess that's not considered late, but it was it was at the deadline. Yeah, so like, and I think it's way different. You know, when you're a defensive tackle, what's your job? Just rush forward. Just yeah, I mean, all forward. you gotta do is you no know, get to the QB. Not, not, I mean, not a lot of playbook going pretty on. Pretty straightforward, but yeah, I mean, and then you're matching up against Dallas, so he's gonna be responsible for defending the run. And the pass. Oh, and Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson, who had 91 yards and a touchdown, like I mentioned earlier. This might be Kevin Byard's responsibility to come down and deal with that. CeeDee Lamb in week nine when they played the Eagles. <laughs> this is what he did against everybody who attempted to cover him. Darius Slay, seven targets, four receptions, 62 yards. Eli Ricks, three targets, three receptions, 65 yards. Sidney Brown, two targets, two receptions, 35 yards. Reed Blankenship. The only guy that did not allow a reception, two targets, zero catches. Kevin Byard targeted once, went on C.D. Lamb, one catch for 20 yards. Zach Cunningham, who should be back this week, one target, one catch, nine yards. So it didn't matter who was covering C.D. at the time. <laughs> Nobody could really stop him. I don't know. Reed Blankenship held up his own. He held up his own. Reed Blankenship, by the way, leads the NFC safeties in Pro Bowl votes. Leads all NFC safeties in, yeah, in Pro Bowl He's been great, votes. man. So Reed, thank thank you for being the one constant in this in this in this defense that we can that 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 we can depend on. Uh but yeah, the way the the way that last week looked 49ers scored touchdowns on six consecutive possessions against the Eagles, went four for four in the red zone while converting on eight of eleven third downs. Not good. The defense for the Eagles, they are allowing a league-worst 47.2 third-down conversion rate on the season. And over the last three weeks alone, it has ballooned to 58% third-down conversion. The Eagles are giving up third-downs at will. doesn't even look like they're yeah, trying to stop teams say that, uh, on third-down. They need to figure it out. And I think the way to do that is through the pass rush because Terrence Steele alone in Week 9 gave up 12 pressures, 7 hurries, and 4 sacks in their matchup a month ago, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat combined for 13 pressures, nine hurries, and two hits and two sacks. I think if you have any hope of, of wait, sorry, wh- sorry. when what game was this when we last this was played? Week that? nine, a month ago. Yeah, this is week nine. We had Reddick two and sacks. Josh, Reddick and Josh Sweat combined for two sacks. Yes. Yeah. And see, that's not enough. It's not. They combined for 13 pressures though, nine hurries, two QB hits, two sacks. That's good for the both. It and 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 it came when it counted because remember that Hassan Reddick sack backed up Dak Prescott. When they were on, what was it, first and five at the six yard line or whatever it was, and we all assumed we were losing that game. Um, I don't want a repeat of that. I think if you're going to have any hope of trying to slow down Dak Prescott in this Dallas offense, it's going to have to be through the pass rush. And I think right tackle Terrence Steele is a good person to target. <sighs> this team is so damn good at home, man. But 14 luckily, straight, we are 14 straight home games, man. Yeah, not great. And they're killing people, too, like you said. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. We got to beat them at that house. The last time we did it was 2017. We were in the Super 2017. Bowl. 2017. Yeah, that was, the last, that was the last time the Eagles have won in Dallas. So it is. Backs it are is. against the wall. A yeah. lot has changed over the last week, man. There's something to be said. Obviously, this team has won a lot of super close games against really good teams, being down by a lot. So, obviously, this team has proven that they can handle adversity. But, you know. The energy is almost I tell you shifted. What, man. Like think back to the Buffalo win, like to now, like 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 a whole yeah, a lot has changed. Shift. So what I'm saying is, it, it might, be, you know, it's it, like I, I started this podcast off by saying it's gut check time. You know, like I feel like when you lose, it, there's way more urgency to 
correct things, you know, like it's unacceptable now. I mean, it was unacceptable before the things that were happening, but yeah, but there was margin for error before. Now they they've used up their margin for error. Now it's now it's now it's time to it's ten toes down. It's time to stand on business, which is what Debo and everybody's questioning you. Everybody, everybody's wondering. Everybody's questioning, questioning your your manhood, your your willingness to tackle. Smith, let me just address this. This guy, Um, man, got Stephen A. Smith coming out here and and questioning if we even deserve to be in the Super Bowl last year. They were like, you know, if if Brock Purdy didn't get all right. Last year happened already. Well, then, with that logic, uh, are the Chiefs really Super Bowl champs then? Since they beat us, since we didn't deserve to be there, like, what are we doing? Yeah, it is. It is. It is a lot. A lot. There's a big, big target on the Eagles' back now. The spotlight is on the Eagles' back. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. This is. This is like you said. Put up or shut up. This is prove it week. The Eagles have a chance to clinch a playoff spot this week. They had a chance to clinch it last week. Failed to do so this week. They have ten different ways. They can clinch playoffs. Either it all starts with the Eagles win or an Eagles tie against Dallas. But the two easiest ways to do so, if the Eagles win and the Seahawks lose to the 49ers, the Eagles clinch a playoff spot. Or if the Eagles win and the Rams lose, they'll clinch a playoff spot. Those are the two easiest ways to get into the playoffs. Dallas has clinching scenarios this weekend if they're able to beat us. And Detroit, or I'm sorry, the 49ers also have uh, clinching scenarios uh against us this week no afc teams have clinching scenarios so it's all uh in the nfc right now the afc is a bloodbath right now there's a lot going on um over there but yeah and throw out the stats you throw out the you throw out the 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 matchups and all this stuff this is just trademark eagles versus dallas high stakes it seems like it's always this way dallas has our number at jerry world this is your time to prove that that you are a, a bona fide Super Bowl contender this year. This is your chance. If if you care about it to solidify yourself in MVP conversations, this is your chance to get yourself into the postseason, guarantee yourself a shot. And the Eagles do not want to be on the wrong end of a two-game losing streak this time of the season. And then you're really, you're really going to need some help at the end of the year for that one seed if you hope so. Because if you lose this game, it's, it's, it's crowded at the top. The Eagles can separate themselves from the competition by winning this game and taking care of their easier opponents the rest of the season. Steven, any final uh, uh, notes, any final <laughs> um, ba- rally cries, battle cries you have for this team as they head into battle on Sunday night? My God, they just, they, they have, they, they have to win this game. I can't, I, they cannot lose last week. I was like, they had to win this game, but you knew that like, even if they lost, it's whatever you're playing Dallas. They, they used up games. They, they used up their margin for error. They have to, they have to do it this week. You cannot take another loss at Dallas with the way the standings look. You, you got to go in here and make a statement and let people know that, that you're for real this season because everybody's questioning you. Like you said, everybody's wondering, are you are you for real? Or is this all is this all Fugazi? There are people saying they were a fraud 10-1 team. If you go from 10-1 to 10-3, you're kind of proving them right. So the Eagles, time to go out and do what you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm just pissed off. I'm disgusted, <laughs> pissed off, irritated, nervous. Um but like I think the biggest thing obviously yeah like at the end of the day oh the team controls their own destiny obviously they control their own destiny but not if you lose this game you don't like to me this would if you go in there like you got to think about this from the Cowboys perspective they're like wow like we have the opportunity to potentially win the division get the one seed whatever right beat this Eagles team that was just in the Super Bowl like, if they do that, they're going to be riding so high. Like, that's a major, major, major morale booster, right? There's a lot of question marks about, I mean, Dak's playing at the MVP level. He's probably the favorite. CeeDee Lamb is up there. Uh, their defense is great. Well, 
you know, secondary starting to get exposed. But I mean, come on, they got a great pass rush. They absolutely kill people at home. So they are salivating to get some sort of home field advantage in the playoffs and get that monkey off their back. But if the Eagles can go into Jerry's world, do you understand? I talked about a morale booster. Do you want to know what this would do to their morale if the Eagles go in there and take this one from them? Like it would crush them. And the same narratives will still be the same narratives with this team. Uh, Obviously, you know, I wouldn't say that their season would be over or anything like that. They'll still make the playoffs, but at the end of the day, it'll still be an uphill battle for that team, that franchise, Dak Prescott, everybody involved, Mike McCarthy, because there will still be the same question marks. Mm-hmm. You know? They're going to have like, this. We it's, could it's, crush their souls, man. Yeah, it's, you can they, go in there they and kill stop everybody at home. And we can't everybody. even beat them at home. We can't remember, beat them at Jerry's World. Remember how, however many weeks ago when we first beat Dallas and we were like making fun of all the graphics they were making? Oh, collision course if Dallas wins this and the Eagles lose a game, then the game will be high stakes in week nine. And we were like, man, that game's not going to matter. Dallas is going to choke. Uh, the Eagles are going to do their job. And Dallas Dallas held up their end of the bargain. They won every game since. And now. And now they're here to to try and take it from us, and we're not going to let that happen in Philadelphia. We're not going. Yeah, we're not, not in Philadelphia. We're in happen, Dallas. But we're not going to let it happen there. The Eagles, Brian Johnson, don't feel the game out. Go in there and freaking pound that football. I don't care if you QB shove tush push for thirty plays in a row. I don't care what you have to do. You get in that end zone on that first drive, and you make a statement to Dallas that we're in your house and we run the NFC, not only the NFC East but the NFC in general. Let's pray to God. That the next time we're on this podcast, we're talking about an Eagles win. Because if I have to get up here and talk about a loss at ten and three, and now it's a now it's a whose game is it for, of, of who's winning the number one seed between San Fran, Dallas, Detroit, and us? I'm not gonna enjoy that, but we will be here regardless. Thank you guys for tuning into this edition of the Philly Pod, brought to you by TheLibertyLine.com. I am your host Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at the Philly Pod. Do the same for Steven. Conrad Jr. on all social media platforms as well. Be sure to keep up with all the written content over at thelibertyline.com. Be sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. We will catch you up with you guys on Monday for a Victory Monday pod. I'm speaking into existence. We will see you Monday for a Victory Monday pod as the Eagles improve to 11-2 and two and maintain their first place status in the NFC. Until then, it's Go Birds, Beat Dallas. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace out from the Philly Pod. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.